0: as we we're going through, we just finished the book of Revelation. So that was 22 chapters that we went through last <laughs> week was the last one. And while we were going through uh, chapter 17 and 18 around there, um, there was something that came up and I said, well, that would be a, a good Bible study of its own uh, Add some detail of what was taught at that one. And uh, it was basically when we're looking at the, the reign of the antichrist and the, uh, infrastructure of that system that is coming upon the earth and I think the reason why it's it's important is I think we're even seeing a lot of that being put into formation right now you know we're seeing um, this control grid that they're making you know even recently I think Hawaii made national news with the thing that they wanted to do on Oahu yes, three was it yeah on H3 and um, yeah I thought it was I thought it was the people that were talking about it but they were basically wanting to you know shut down H three or not shut it down but in the within the tunnel directing traffic on both ways stop people and they well, did it
1: on Tuesday and they're going to do it tomorrow
0: then. okay and they were saying that I don't know whether they were saying it was mandatory but now they're saying it's not mandatory but it's just it's incrementalism is what it is they're getting us used to this sort of thing of control and and uh, just imposing more and more restrictions on our freedom that's totally against our constitutional rights to be stopping somebody without without a cause and checking them for something you know it's a violation of our personal property and, and our, our you know our own body to do something no, like people, that
2: no, people registered mm-hmm, to do it yeah it's not just free. More people, yeah. even though they didn't get the permission mm-hmm. from the uh, federal highway, right. they went ahead and did it because this way they could catch much more people. Yeah. But was it mandatory if you landed in the tunnel?
0: You wouldn't well, land well, in the tunnel unless you, couldn't, you registered. You couldn't, yes, they closed Got it. It. Mm. Got and, it
2: and you couldn't go into the roadway. And you okay. know, I don't know if you've been to Honolulu, but the H Street yeah. is wonderful and it's yeah. really long. And, and unfortunately, once you get on it, you can't get off it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's, that's I, I made part the of mistake it. of
0: taking the wrong turn. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go all the way to town and they come back Oh go. man! But, you
2: know, if it was the ideals, in my opinion, let me start again, in my opinion, it was the ideal situation mm-hmm. because they could handle more people and, and because it was their choice to go, it mm-hmm. was the perfect thing.
0: Here's, I, I would just want to add to that though. I think that number one, I don't think these tests are very accurate. Yeah. Number one. Number two, I think that they put a lot of undue fear in the people to be mandating or even having people to be testing for something that if they don't have the symptoms for it, I think it's kind of ridiculous. The other thing is I think, it, I think this is, like I said, it's incrementalism where I've read that, that this is where uh, I, I actually heard somebody talking about this sort of thing, where in the future, this is gonna be mandatory. There's just yeah. gonna be roadblocks yeah. on the road. And if you refuse to take your tests or get your vaccination, please step out of your car and we're taking you off to someplace. And so. I
1: wanna add, Pastor Jay, just think of all the businesses and everything that shut down for something that now the CDC has said That ninety-four percent of the numbers were wrong. Mm -hmm. That it was—they were showing a total of one hundred and fifty thousand deaths, but it was really only nine thousand plus deaths. One hundred fifty thousand to nine thousand, and because of this, they panicked everybody.
0: Shut businesses down. That's right.
1: So I just want to put that on record also. Yeah, yeah, lose all their jobs. That's right. So I
0: think we need to add Shut that the <laughs> add that to the equation that this whole thing is a farce, yeah. you know, that it, that there there is a disease like this, if they were to use the medicines that are available right now, yeah. I think it would be less than way less than a normal flu, you know, the, the, the and yeah. and here we are, we're um, shutting down the world's economy right now and people are dying from depression, losing yes. businesses or committing suicide. So it's yes. just wrong. And so the point of that is bringing that up right now is we're seeing the we're seeing the the shadow of a beast system coming on the scene. And I don't
1: um, this comment this is so funny sorry guys. Patty Tavares, no way I'm doing that. This prodigy will not. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i just thought yes.
0: it was funny <laughs> no we need to we need to you know we're americans and and i'm seeing it around the world there's other countries like in germany what was it four million people went to the street and says we're not playing yeah. this anymore they took the street and they just so. went out on the street i'm shocked that america that germany?
1: it was yeah, in germany to Four million people And then, of course, Uganda, there's 43 million in population, and there's only 19 so far that died because most of them are on hydroxychloroquine.
0: Hydroxychloroquine. For
1: malaria, and they're not dying, and that's 43 million people versus Hawaii has 1.4 million, just to let you know.
2: (laughs) 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 I,
0: I mean, if they amend it to the real numbers, yeah. because everything was ascribed to COVID nineteen. But I think w- once they amended the numbers, what was the final death toll? It was nine nine? What was the number of deaths in America?
1: Uh, nine thousand and change. I mean,
0: in Hawaii. Yeah. In oh, in That's Hawaii. in America. I don't no, know what Hawaii there, was. Hawaii. In Hawaii it I don't... was seventy. Seventy people. But there
2: was more that died from the flu last year. Right. Yeah. There was oh, like yeah. several hundred.
0: Okay, well, we got to get back on subject here. Um, so what we're talking about is the uh, rebuilding of Babylon. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Zechariah 5 in a minute, but let me just go through a couple of these images. We, some of these might look like a review. You know, one of the things is there is controversial, you know, there's controversy over who is Mystery Babylon? Who is Babylon? You know, Mystery Babylon, it seems, is more affiliated with a religious system, Mystery Babylon. And, but these are all going to tie together in, in one you know, knot here in a minute. There's a governmental aspect to it and an economic uh, aspect to this, this whole Babylonian system. A lot, there's a lot of people out there that say America is Babylon. Um, I, From the studies in the Word, there could be characteristics within America that would be catering to the Babylon system. But as far as the judgment ascribed in the book of Revelation, I don't believe it is America. Um, there's, there's scriptures that, you know, talk about a specific uh, landmass that's being attacked. And, and there's parts of it, you go, yeah, that does kind of sound like America. It's a country that's, you know, it, it's, it's surrounded by waters and it has rivers there. But also in Babylon in the Middle East, you have those characteristics also. Um, I've also, what we were talking about is uh, the reason why I've come to this conclusion. Remember we said when, when you study the Bible, if, you, if, if necessary or as much as necessary, Keep the interpretation as literal as possible. And so that would be a, a conservative hermeneutic. You believe that what God said there, if it can be determined that it's it's um, literal, keep it literal. If it's allegorical or if it's an illustration, then you go to that next level. But when they say Babylon, and we're, we'll get into some of the background here, why I really believe it is physically Babylon. You remember what I was saying that, you know, there were scholars back in the day that said, Uh, Let's allegorize everything having to do with Jerusalem or Israel in the last days and the kingdom. It's ascribed to the church because Israel, when they were interpreting these scriptures, did not exist at that time. They were out of the land. They only came back in the land at the turn of the century. The Zionist movement, 1948, recognized as a nation and then kind of went to preeminence recognized by the U.S. and the rest of the world. Before that, there was... Prophecy scholars that would study this and said there's gonna come in there's coming a time in the end days that the jews will actually physically be gathered back In israel and they will be called they they will be called israel They will be back there because there was so many prophetic scriptures a lot of people allegorize it says no, that's impossible They don't exist anymore. So in the same vein if they're talking about Babylon being rebirthed in that part of the world where this thing came from I think that we need to keep that same kind of uh, structure in place and so here's a few of the images that i got for this and uh, you know here's babylon the the original babylon that goes back to the uh, book of genesis and after the flood and uh, it goes on after that uh, israel was taken captive to babylon you, you know decades or, or uh, millennia later um the rebuilding of the rise of global cities you know we, we see that um you know when when uh, new jerusalem comes back and it's a real uh detailed description of god's city Like I said, the devil is always trying to duplicate or mimic what God does. So I think he's going to try to make this tremendous city as an attraction to people, a world empire. Um, You know, here's another picture of Babylon, which was considered one of the seven wonders of the world with the hanging gardens and the waterfalls. Nobody really knows what it looks like because there, no, it didn't it didn't survive, but there was writings about it. And so this is, you know, possibly, you know, some of the things that it could have looked like. I think I might have shown some of these images on another Bible study night. Um, here also is Mecca, and we talked about this also, and the amount of construction that's going on in Mecca. I mean, look at all these cranes over here. I mean, if you can't really see it from that far away, but um, there are just massive amounts of construction going around. This is Mecca where the Muslims, they said, at least once in their life, they're supposed to make a pilgrimage or a Hajj to this place. And so look at how much construction has gone on here. Um, this one is this is the look at that clock tower how huge that is It's like it's like um, I think the third tallest building in the world largest clock tower all these buildings around here that's Mecca down here in this in this area here and then all this construction this is all within you know a few years this is all taken place look how fast yeah, man can construct <laughs> stuff you know how fast man can can build things and so, you know, right now, Babylon is in Iraq, we, ha- we went to war during the Gulf War, that's where we, we went to war, and, uh, and uh, George Bush uh, Jr., you know, finished the job over there, places in rubble right now, but I believe that the Bible calls the Antichrist, one of his names is the Assyrian, and so he's going to emanate from this portion of the world, he's going to be a Middle Eastern a person, and so there's coming a time when all the wealth of the world's gonna be directed. Mm. Really beautiful. I mean, there's one thing I gotta say about Muslims. They have some really nice architecture <laughs> style. I, I really like the way they, they build things. It's really beautiful, you know? Wow. Yeah. And here is Dubai. Wow. This is wow. Dubai? This is Dubai. Wow. This is another place that's just, look at that. I mean. Our, our cities look foolish by comparison you know New York used to be the Big Apple it's the rotten apple now there's I mean that thing I, We went to New York I, I was just like it's impressive but it's like this place is fully in decay and there's no remedy for it because it was during built during the, the Iron Age and there's all in the subways it's all iron structures and all these iron structures all rusted. You know, they're all rusted out, and you think, how can you redo this, man? All this substructure with iron, and it's just a mess. You know, I can't imagine what it's like now, but look at a modern city, you know, built with modern technology, how, how pristine that might be, and there's many cities like this around the world now, in China, Singapore, and all these massive cities that just came up like mushrooms, man. They've left us, left us in the dust here in America. This is the islands out, off of Dubai, where they've wow. made this thing. I mean, this is so beautiful, man-made. right? All man made. They pumped the sand up out of the water and made these man made uh, you know, islands and everything. There's also, they made something like this that's actually a globe of the world. So you can, you can buy a little sand island that you could live on the, in the United States or you can live on the continent of Africa. They did this whole Disneyland kind of thing over there in Dubai. This is, you know, this is what money can produce. That's all our Yeah. That's all our oil money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <all> <laughs> Yeah, that's right. And the reason why they're doing this is because Saudi Arabia right now is pumping low on their oil. And look at the price of oil right now. What is it, $40 a barrel? It yeah. used to be up to about 100 It's, it's So oil, is it, the demand is really, really low right now. Plus, Saudi Arabia was already, a lot of their wells are going dry. And so they were looking at different avenues. And this is, you know, this is uh, United Arab Emirates, who just made a peace deal with Israel, is where this is at. But um, what do you call it? Uh, they're looking for different ways to attract uh, tourism you know and so that's why they're doing all these sorts of things so this just gives gives an idea of what is possible in a very short amount of time you know with with amount of money i remember driving through the strip in vegas when they bombed all, they they blew up all the old things that were there we used to go there uh, as as kids my mom and dad used to go to vegas every now and then and driving there was all the old kind of mafia run vegas back in the day and, and as the money started pouring in, they were just demoing all the old casinos, and these huge things are coming up like the Treasure Island, and you know, um, all all kinds, you know, just massive uh, casinos. And you just drive through there, and they're huge. And you're thinking, wow, what what man can do with money? You know, it's pretty amazing. You know, all these big facades that they were building. So anyway, that's that's just uh, talking about the possibilities here. So we're looking at, you know, in in uh, the Bible. Um, we're not going to go here, but I'm just going to reference Isaiah 14 through 50 talks about Babylon and its destruction. Jeremiah 50, 51 talks about um, Babylon's destruction. And Revelation 17 and 18 talk about this destruction of this place. And so there's specifics in there. And the, the, the uh, connection that I would like to make is to um, Zechariah 5. And if you would turn there in our Bibles. And I'm going to play a clip from Chuck Messer because uh, I found information from him as well as in the Dates Bible that confirms what I'm talking about. So I'm going to play this. this well, let me, read, let me read Zechariah 5 verses. It's only um, six, chapters, six verses I want to read right now. So Ze- Zechariah 5, verse 5. Zechariah is right before Malachi, which is the last book of the Old Testament. Old Testament. It says, uh, the heading of this, the vision of the woman in a basket. Then an angel who talked with me came out and said to me, lift your eyes now and see what is uh, that that goes forth. So I, I, I asked, what is it? And he said, it is a basket that is going forth. And he said, this is their resemblance throughout the earth. Here is a lead disc lifted up. This is a woman sitting inside the basket. And he said, this is wickedness. And he thrust her down into the basket and threw a lead cover over its mouth. And I raised my eyes and looked and there were two women coming with the wind in their wings for the wings of the wings of a stork. And I lifted my back, the basket between earth and heaven. So I said to the angel who talked with me, where are they carrying the basket? And he said to me to build it a house in the land of Shinar. When it is ready, the basket will set there on a base. And so that's kind of cryptic, you know, if you. Yeah, so this is Zechariah 5. Uh, starting at verse five and that, that's just the text that I wanted to read. Let me play this clip. This is about a maybe about a six minute clip, six or seven minute clip from Chuck Messler. And he's going to be adding a little bit of detail to this. A literal interpretation that literal Babylon will be rebuilt in the last days, for one thing. So um, he said that he was privileged to write a page in Dave Hunt's book, The Woman Rides a Beast. And he says it's a very good book. And everybody, when they, when this book came out, he, they wanted him to write, like, you know, one of those uh, endorsements on the thing. And they were expecting him to say, I don't agree with what Dave Hunt is saying. Because Dave Hunt is talking about how the Catholic Church is the, the beast or the woman who's riding on the beast. And so it's, I read the book. It's a really good, well-done book. If you want to know about how the Catholic Church devolved into what it is now, that's a great book to read. So he's saying that when they gave him the opportunity to write the, the, the page on there about the book, that they were expecting him to say, no, that's not accurate what Dave Hunt is saying. No, he goes, I believe it's accurate because there's two things going on here. There's a religious aspect and there's also an economic aspect of this and, and a political aspect. So that's why we, we ju- we're jumping into the middle of the conversation right here. But it's interesting the things he has to say after this. ...sense to what I call the literal aspect, and I think they're both true.
3: Okay, so the, the, the ties to them together, I believe, is a vision that occurs in Zechariah chapter 5. There's a very strange vision there, unexplained, it's just there. And uh, about the woman and Nephi. And Zechariah is full of these little tendons. They're uh, incredible little things. They, then the angel that talked with me, he says, went forth and said unto me, Lift up now thine eyes and see what it is that goeth forth. Now, if you're familiar with your Bible, very often you lift up your eyes and sort of prelude to do something important. When Abraham lifted up his eyes or whoever, up, that's always sort of a prelude to something significant coming. Well, here's Zechariah said, The angel's talked to me and said, Lift up now thine eyes, Zechariah, and see what it is that's coming forth. And I said, What is it? And he said, this is an ephah that goeth forth. And he said, well, this is the resemblance through all the earth. And this is a vision, okay? An ephah is a large commercial volumetric measure, roughly a bushel. So just visualize a big tub. But it's a standard unit commercially in that culture. A creature like just a great big jar, so speak, of fact, it's a large measure. In fact, he talks about older person. Basic unit of weight, roughly almost 100 pounds, but about 97 pounds in the English system. I don't know what it is in kilograms, or little, but I'm not sure my units say right now. But the builder was lifted up a calendar width, and this is a woman that sitteth in this niche. So the image that's being presented in this vision is this large jar. A woman is put into it that has a name. See it in there. Weird, right? It gets weirder than it is, okay? It's weird. The angel says, this is wickedness. And he cast it into the midst of the ephod, that is the woman, and he cast the weight of lead upon the mouth thereof. So this woman is sealed up in this ephod. Well, that's pretty weird, but let's see if this is a vision, understand, okay? And then I lifted up my eyes, and I looked, and behold, there came and the wind was in their wings. For they had wings like the wings of a stork. Now remember, this is Jewish. And a stork is an unclean bird. So let's keep that flavoring that's going on here. This is, these aren't angels. The two come out. They're going to carry this thing away. Let's watch this. I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, there came out two women. The wind was in their wings. For they had wings like the wings of a stork. And they lifted up the ephah between the earth and heaven. Okay, I can understand what Zechariah is a little puzzled about all this, okay? And wings like that that's a clue that this is a colony this is dark, this is not good. Then said I to the angel that talked with me, Whither do they bear Epha? The pick they stay to the earth and are going to carry it somewhere. Here's the key to the whole thing. And he said unto me, To build an house in the land of Shinar, and it shall be established and set there of on her own base. Wow. Now, to understand history a little bit, um, you need to have some history. You discover when you study idolatry that all idolatry had its origins in Babylon. Babel, uh, all the sinister stuff that is false worship had its origin in Babylon. Babylon ultimately gets overrun uh, by the Persians, and subsequently by the Greeks, and then by the Romans. The priests always follow the money. So when Babylon was taken over by the Persians, that priesthood, and this is a matter of history, picks up and moves to Persepolis in Persia. And and when they get conquered by the Greeks and Romans, that power center study pagan Rome, it is the Babylonian system with Latin names. All the idols and stuff that were in Babylon, go to Persepolis and over there through Rome. That's the staging in fact. Uh, Pergamus, I should say, Persepolis, obviously Pergamus is where they go to. And Pergamus is described in the latter seven churches as where Satan's throne is. So if you visualize the seed of idolatry as being Babylon, It moves to Pergamus and it ultimately moves from there to Rome. So, pagan Rome is simply a repackaging of the Babylonian mysteries, but with Latin names. Well, here now we have an image in which wickedness, whatever that means, is sealed in a container, and two creatures, whatever they are, these two women with wings at the start, pick it up and take it where it all started. Because Shinar is the plane where Babylon sits. If the is a city, Shinar is a, is a county, so to speak. Okay? So the, the, the vision is that the system which has left Babylon, apparently uh, on to and then Rome, is going to go back, picked up, and somehow migrate back to where it all started. To build a house in the land of Shinar, it shall be established and set there uh, on her own base. So it's a return to origins, if you will. That's my that's my friends. And what's interesting is if I understand history balanced as being that system, as we know, associated with uh the Vatican and all of that, somehow that power center is destined to go back to where you lost it all started. Okay? So that's the, the woman at for. The uh, is uh, the wood called wickedness, is put inside, sealed with a cow of carried by two women with the wings of a between earth and heaven to build a house with the machine ironish shall the established and set there upon own base. So there, I, I love this scenario I'm about to su- suggest to you because I built it entirely from my perception of what the text says, not what, not what the current news says. I do not believe that Babylon refers to the United States, or New York, or Hollywood, or any of that nonsense. What I suspect is going to happen is the power center in a global sense is going to migrate back to Babylon where it started, and the religious system will reset itself there also, to receive the judgments, not only did Isaiah and Jeremiah talk about, but the judgments that Revelation talks about, Mr. Babylon, the mother of all
0: harlots, it's the origin of all false worship. And I think that was such a great, um, you know, dissertation of the whole topic right there. That he got down to the meat of it, um, that we're moving towards that time. You know, we're moving towards that time. I, you know, I was reading some things today. were are saying that America is basically the last bastion of, of uh, Christian culture or the and, and if. America is the last bastion of Christian culture. That's sort of a sad statement at this point, you know. I mean, Europe has already capitulated. You know, Africa is, you know, it's their Christian, but I wouldn't call the continent of Africa Christianized. There's a big underground church in China. But in but in effect, you know, the, the Western uh, Judeo-Christian ethic has moved to the United States. Europe is, is pagan. you know. And we're really moving in that direction right now. We're, we're living in a era that's called the post-Christian era, the, uh, the post-Christian era. Sadly to say, now that's not to say that there's not a remnant of people who truly love the Lord, who love his word, and are pursuing relationship with Christ. But as a rule, look at the culture, look at our TV, look at the shows, look at the youth that are coming up right now. You know, it, it, can you really call our, our nation a Christian nation anymore? You know?
3: Yeah,
0: yeah so we're, we're in trouble. We need, that's why we're praying. We're constantly praying for revival because it's our only hope. We don't we don't have hope in a political uh, solution yet we want to see the political realm turn so that there could be a spiritual revival in this country. That's where we're at right now. Right. I was just going to read that right now. Yeah, good, good call. But this is this is where it comes from Genesis 10 first. I'm going to read about because we're talking about a city but we're talking about a place that's prepared for a person. The Antichrist, it's his city. You know, he want, he always wants to mimic. Jesus is coming back to establish his kingdom in Jerusalem. The Antichrist is going to say, you think that's a city? Look at this city. And he's going to build something tremendous, right? And so this is right after the flood. And um, it, in, in this is in Genesis 10. And I'm just going to read the genealogy real quick. Now, this is the gen- Genesis 10.1. It says, now this is the gen- genealogy of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, Japheth, the sons were born to them after the flood. The sons of Japheth were Gomer, Magog, Madai, Javan, Tubal, Meshach, and Trias. The sons of Gomer and Ashkenaz, uh, Rehathbaz, T- we'll just get, I'll move on down because I, <laughs> verse six. That's it's the table a, of nations. Has anyone ever heard of the table of nations? No. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I was so lonely when I stumbled upon the table of
3: nations because it's, it oh, okay. very simply outlines oh, Shem, Ham, yeah. and all the genealogy of those populations,
0: population groups, table of nations. How come we're not taught this Okay, yeah, good point. Okay, let's let's go on to verse six. It says, "The sons of Ham were Cush, Mizraim, Put, and Canaan. The sons of Cush were Sheba, Havilah, Sabtah, Rama, and Sebit. I have a hard time. With Rama were Sibeth." The Cush begot Nimrod, and he began to be a mighty one on the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore, it was said, like Nimrod, the mighty hunter uh, before the Lord. The the name Nimrod means uh, he will rebel. So he was a rebel. It wasn't he was a mighty hunter for the Lord. He was basically a rebel against God. And so this guy... Instead of following the orders of the Lord says, go out after this and fill the, fill the earth, be fruitful, multiply. He says something totally different in chapter 11. And it's uh, chapter 11 1. it says, now the whole earth had one language and one speech and came to pass as they journeyed from the east. They found the plain in the land of Shinar. Isn't that what we're just talking about? Shinar. Mm-hmm. And they dwelt there. And they, had one, they said to one another, come and let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is to the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. So he's basically rebelling against the order of God. He's doing this in the face of God. And then he says, and the Lord, indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. So God looked at this unity because there's power in unity, whether it's demonic or whether it's uh, spiritual. You know, when we come together, when we pray, when we can agree as touching and agree in prayer, there's a great power with that. But there's also in the world when there's a unity like this, they all had one language, they had one purpose, and it even caught God's attention. He goes, this, I got to go see this. And he went down there and he realized because of the fallen nature of man, this is not a good plan. I'm going to confuse this thing and I'm going to, I'm going to, confuse their language and they're gonna to go to the four corners of the earth like I told him to do. And God established all the nations on the earth. He was the one, that was his uh, idea to have borders and walls and nations, you know, as opposed to what we're seeing right now, no borders, no walls, until they set up a little town in, in uh, Portland and says, let's put up a wall over here and we'll only let who we want come in here. I mean, it's so hypocritical, it's not even funny. But that was God's idea to make nations and, and to have uh, separate people groups. And so what we're seeing now in this world that we're living in right now is a push for tear down the barriers. You know, I'm reading a book called The Killing of Uncle Sam. This was a Masonic plan that they said, we're going to we're going to flood the West. We're going to flood America and Europe with countries uh, from Africa and from uh, Middle East, uh, different cultures, different religions, because we want to dilute these cultures. We don't want them to be strong like this. So that's what we're seeing in America. You remember when we we're getting all these problems and we're seeing what was going on in Germany and Obama just had the floodgates open and all these Muslims are coming into our country. What are you doing? Don't you see what's happening in Germany? This was a plan. It wasn't by accident. They were weakening the United States. They were trying to get rid of our Christian Judeo ethic and just bring us into a one world goo. is what they're trying to do. This was a plan. It was, it was planned from hundreds of years ago. And so what, what they want to do is bring everybody into Parity, or bring everybody into a one world uh, economic system, one world governmental system, and a one world religious system. That's hard, you know. The religious is religious beliefs are the things that bind a people together. That's one thing that you'll die for. You'll die to to protect your what I believe because I believe this with all my heart, and this transcends this life. I will defend this to my life. How could you get a people to? Um, cut that mooring from their lives how could you do that there's an event coming up um, shortly which is called the rapture of the church that's going to take the real believers out of the earth it's going to take them out and at that point the world is going to be set adrift it's going to be like sitting there like what do we do what what, what was that all about And there's gonna be a major cover story that at that vulnerable point in mankind, they're gonna insert, and it's already been inserted, this programming's been inserted to us already about what happened here and what's gonna take place next. And basically it sounds outrageous, but even Chuck Missler is in agreement with this. It's alien, it's the alien agenda. It's a false narrative that's gonna be placed in there because you have to undermine everything. You gotta undermine all the foundations and if we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and all of a sudden this takes place and there's evidence to back it up, do you think, in fact, in, in the readings that I've done about this topic, they said that the reason why they haven't had disclosure as of yet, that tell every tell the public, everybody, every president that comes into office says, I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna find out about. Uh, Area 51, I'm going to find out about Roswell, I'm going to find, and then I'm going to tell the people, and they get in there, and they probably get a little bit of a briefing, and they say, you can't tell anybody this stuff, I've seen it, you can see all, you can see Ronald Reagan talking about, you can see, you can see Bill Clinton, you can see Obama, all of them, you can find them on, Jimmy Carr. all of them on the talk shows, they're all talking, I can't tell you, I can't tell you what I know, you know, because they said, the books that I've read about this, they said that this would undermine the stability of our, our our society because people would think that, wow, so Christianity isn't true then? That if there's aliens, I don't remember seeing that in the Bible. This must not be true. And it'll under they said that the people would suffer most from the release of this knowledge are, are very religious people and highly intellectual people. Because all of a sudden we're not the smartest kids on the block anymore. We got advanced technology, advanced you know.
2: And take it literally. Exactly, yes.
0: but that's what we're talking about here, right? And that's why there is a defense for all this stuff. But what I'm saying is how this is going to affect the world who has not read Genesis 6, who did not take the Bible seriously, who didn't look into these scriptures yes. and have an answer meat. for this. That's meat. that's meat. And most people, Chuck Miller says, and others who study this topic say, if you don't understand Genesis 6, you're not going to understand about 80% of the Bible. You don't get it, you don't understand why God was doing certain things. And it sounds crazy. It sounds like, what are you, what is a science fiction movie or something? But this is all true. And so back in the day, it would be, it says here about um, Nimrod, it says he began to become a mighty man on the earth. And some people are, they postulate, the word in the Hebrew is a gibberine, And they said somehow, some way that this man was transformed through DNA, some kind of DNA insertion. And he began to become a Nephilim. He was a mighty man. He was, he was one of those mighty men, like in Genesis 6. It says, the, the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they became the mighty men of the earth. Then there was a flood wiped them out. I just heard something. I haven't substantiated this, but they said there was a text somewhere, or a stella that had writing on there that told him, this is how you do this process. Because you're always wondering, how did the Nephilim come back on the earth after God wiped them out? that they left information on there and probably through genetic manipulation somehow, these people were really intelligent back then, more so than when we think. You know, they are creations of God real close to the creation of God. They're very smart. So somehow it says that he was a gibbering who was being transformed into this. And this line, it seems, now we get into our vaccinations here that they want to do to everybody. They said, this is not a normal vaccination. This thing transforms your DNA. It changes your oh, DNA. <laughs> yeah, so you're, you're a human 2.0. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, let, me, let me show this. Uh, this other clip is about three minutes, but it's going to get into the deceptions zone of this. Is entirely possible. Could an alien deception be part of the end times? We're going to answer that question. We encourage you to dive deeper into this topic by reading the full article on our website. We know that the events surrounding the end times, as described in the Bible, will include a powerful deception. Recently, interest has been rising in the theory that this deception will include alien beings from another planet. Odd as it may seem, this theory is entirely plausible from a Christian perspective. Although the Bible gives us no word about whether or not aliens exist, it does tell us about visitors from another world, the spiritual world. There are striking similarities between biblical accounts and those of other ancient cultures. The writings of the ancient Sumerians, for example, mention the presence of deities that came from heaven to dwell on earth with men, Eve and the serpent in the garden, the Nephilim, etc. These accounts, seen alongside the amazing things created by ancient man, make it possible to theorize They brought spectacular wisdom and knowledge to men and intermarried with their daughters in the attempt to draw men away from God. We already see from Eve's experience with the serpent that demons will use the temptation of superior wisdom to ensnare man and man is very susceptible to it. Could the end times include a similar alien deception? The Bible doesn't directly address the issue, but it is certainly plausible. First, the Bible tells us that the world will unite under the power of the Antichrist. In order to achieve an agreement between all the world's religions, it would make sense
3: for the uniter to come from an entirely new source, an extraterrestrial source. Second, this deception could provide an answer to the problem of Earth's origins. If alien beings arrived and gave us an extraterrestrial explanation for life on Earth, The origins
0: of the world religions, and even the origins of our planet, it would be very persuasive. Angels and demons are not omnipotent, nor are they omnipresent. Jesus said that in the end times, his appearing would be like the light, easily visible to all. He said that vultures gather around a dead body, meaning that if you see a group of people gathering around someone claiming to be Christ, that person is
3: death and a false prophet. We should be wary of any person or being that produces signs and wonders without biblical fidelity. Anyone who provides a way to reunite in the world religions or governments, any being that promotes unnatural sexual relationships, any person that Jesus is God. Anyone who presents himself as a substitute to Jesus. Lastly,
0: if demons manifesting as aliens are part of the end times, we should remember that they too are created beings, subject to a sovereign God, and ultimately answerable to him. No matter what happens to us on the earth, we should trust that the Lord is the Savior, Redeemer, and Protector of the souls who put their trust in him. That answers the question, could an alien deception be part of the end times? Research this question further on our website we at questions.org. Give a thumbs up and be sure to click subscribe. And if you'd like to spend more, click that bell. What that? Good. That brings a question to my mind: before I know. So to to the be Because
1: there are so many people that are ranking number of names. He's gotta finish so I can end. And oh, use sorry, impressions can. That's okay. We
3: can
1: have okay. some questions
3: at the end. Okay, because we're recording this live, so I only have an X amount of time. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, okay. the fallen angels and the last angels everywhere. That
0: influence is so strong. Okay, here's here's um the, the Dake's Bible um has to say about this um. Zechariah 5. How, who, how many people looked into this scripture before? Anybody here who read this? I mean, it's an obscure verse, but it it caught my attention a while ago. And I'll go back to my version why it caught my attention the, originally. But let me read this. This is Dake's description of this portion. It says, um, point C, it says, the angel explained that this woman represents wickedness. Look that up today. It says that wickedness, according to the Hebrew language, is in the feminine. They said women aren't wicked, but the word itself is a feminine a feminine uh, word. So wickedness, that's why it was a woman, right? It says the two women carrying the ephah seem to be borne forward by the wind that they symbolize, uh, what they symbolize, if anything, is not stated. I believe what the wind means or with the wing, the wings. Number one, according to the book of Leviticus, a stork is not only an unclean bird, it's an abomination, it says. A stork is an abominable bird. You don't eat it, it's it's an abomination. The stork, the vulture, the owl, there's a bunch of the listing in there. I wrote down the, the scripture, I'll read it later. But it's an abomination. And so this this a stork is not a good creature referred to in particular. The main theme of the vision is wickedness. Building a house for it and establishing it upon a base. An ephah was a measure of commerce. And where it was said to establish is clear in the land of Shinar and Babylon. An ephah would be a, a container that you would use to hold grain like a bushel. It would be that. So I think that there's a connection between this and the control of the food supply of the earth. Wow. There's a control between the food supply, this wicked plan and this, this alien theme that's going on here where they're controlling the, the world's commerce as well as the food supply and moving this thing, this religious abomination to its base back in Babylon. It says, um, uh, and, and F is a measure of commerce and where it was established is clear in the land of Shinar and Babylon. One thing is certain, Babylon will be the center of activities in the East during the last days in commerce, religion, and politics. It will be rebuilt and become the capital of the Antichrist. He will come from Syria. He will take uh, uh, in Babylon in those days. For the Syrian division of the old Grecian Empire included the c- countries of Syria and Iraq. The coming of the Antichrist from Syria and Babylon will be in perfect harmony with all with all the scriptures, and they give all these scripture references here. That Bob, Babylon will play a great part in the latter days event, not only as a political capital, capital of the kingdom of the Antichrist, but a headquarters for. For a religious system called Mystery Babylon, like like Chuck Mister said, right now I would say that centroid is in is in um, Rome, and believe me, Rome is in on this. Rome's has has telescopes trained to the sky. They said we're waiting for the aliens to come. We would actually baptize aliens. We would receive them. I mean, there's a whole thing thing with that. Man. Um, uh, great commercial center, Earth Cruiser, Revelation 18. Antichrist will reign from Babylon during this rise to power. Over the, over the 10 kingdoms, Daniel 7, Revelation 17, as taught in Isaiah 14, he will leave Babylon to make his capital in Jerusalem. At the last three and a half years of Daniel's 70th week, he will reign there during the 42 months of his power over the nations. This passage pictures the restoration of Babylon and the seed of wickedness in the last days. To build wickedness a house in the land of Shinar, Babylon, it shall be built there and established there upon its base. That was from the Dake's Bible, which this thing was written, you know, several uh, decades. decades ago. You know, this this guy he understood this stuff. He really got it down. Um, so that's that's that. And um, so, what we're seeing, I, like I said, right now, we're seeing the infrastructure for all these things coming into play. Right now, we're seeing, you know, the the uh, programming going on in our movies. We're seeing it going on in the culture, we're seeing it, that the society is really ripe for this sort of thing. The rapture of the church takes place. There would be a time of chaos. People are like, what is going on? And all of a sudden, all you know, these people are missing. And, and what's the cover story for it? And so, you know, this was the, the flying scroll of that scripture there. Here's a, an illustration of, of that um, thing moving from, from Jerusalem. I don't know how to get to Jerusalem. I guess because the perspective was from Jerusalem. But to Shinar, which is in Babylon, which is out by the Euphrates River. Um, here's where, where it caught my attention in this scripture. And in, in this is in the New King James Bible. It's not in the King James Bible. It's New King James. And this is what it says. And the angel talked to me, came out and said to me, this is a reading from verse five of chapter five, lift up your eyes now and see that this that goes forth. So I asked, what is it? And he said, it's a basket that is going forth. And he said, this is their resemblance throughout the earth. Here is a lead disc lifted up and a woman sitting inside the basket. A lead disc lifted up. When I read that, it was like, whoa, what, what, a lead disc. And it just kind of caught my, In uh, yeah, like a, like a um, you know, like this. Yeah, look at it right there. It looks pretty much like a UFO. And then there's another, I have another picture on my phone of an EFA. Uh, that it's a particular uh, earthen vessel that looks like a UFO. Same thing, an effa. And so you know we have this lead disc, and I'm thinking a lead disc. Did you ever hear about the the apparition at Fatima in Portugal? Did you guys heard of that before? And um, this was in like 1917 or around there, I think. They, the they did
3: a movie on that.
0: Yeah, one of the uh, L.A. Marzulli wrote a book about it. He he wrote about uh, power politics and and I forget that I forget that anyway. I read the book though. He was the only one I heard uh, mention Fatima in there. And, and my dad was the one who was even telling me, you got to be a Catholic because there was a vision that took place in Portugal and you're Portuguese and he's trying to get me to go back to the Catholic church. And I'm like, Washington yeah, and, <laughs> and I looked into it and, and it said that event took place where these kids, these shepherd kids, three of them said that the Virgin Mary appeared to them and they said, meet over here and I'm going to, you're going to, I'm going to appear to pe- to everybody. So a mass of people came out. all these Portuguese came out and it was raining and then all of a sudden, right before this operation, it stopped raining, and they said the sun came down from the sky and danced around. And everybody was, not everybody, because some people saw it and some people didn't see it, this thing. But the thing that was interesting was Elie Marzuli said, he. they went as eyewitnesses who were there and said, what did it look like? And they said, it looked like a lead disc that mm. came down and was spinning around in the sky. And these people are, they're willing to go and believe this apparition from the Virgin Mary because there was a sign in the sky, this lead disc came around, and it was dancing around in the sky, you know? So you can see the power of this sort of thing, you know, to, to, to sway a people and their belief system, right? And so this, I believe, is, it, it is wickedness. You know, you, you, you talk to people, I remember one day I was, I was doing prison ministry and the guard that was checking us in, he goes, oh, so you guys are Christian? Yeah, yeah. He goes, I don't, I don't know if I believe in that. You know, he goes, I like, I like Ezekiel because it talks about UFOs in in the book of Ezekiel. And I go, yeah, I like Ezekiel too. And I said, yeah, the Bible has a lot to say about UFOs. Like, like that usurped his faith in the Bible because you know UFOs are, are you kind of count for UFOs. No, the Bible talks about everything, and I believe it's in there. So here we have this this wicked thing, this wicked scheme. Of uh, you know a religious, political, and economic system being moved over, um, you know, Zik is basically the the scripture that we just went over here, and um, this is interesting. This is a an ancient symbol. Do you remember seeing this anywhere? This is from Babylon. This is in Egypt, it's in Egypt. and and it's a a wing a wing disc, or a, you know, it's. Um, I know that they use it. The one on the pole is a medical symbol, but this is. I'll show you that different cultures different cultures have this symbol and it's like a winged disk, huh? And so you're wondering, look at this, how uh, this looks like somebody like Nimrod within that circle of a disk with wings on it, you know? Are they laying claim? Are they did the devil lay the seeds of deception back in the culture because I believe this entity that's going to come on the scene says we I was here, I'm actually the creator. I made all everything here. I'm actually God. Look at these are some of the symbols I left in your ancient cultures over here. The, the winged disc. This is all over. You can find this in the Indian culture. You find it in Sumerians. You can find it in, you know, whatever. It goes way back. Eh? This winged disc kind of thing. Yeah. There's another. Even looks like, uh, you know, some kind of flying craft with people inside of it. Eh?
2: Hmm.
0: It's a, a, a very common symbol of antiquity. Eh? And so, you know, basically what, what this thing, to, to me, it ties in the fact. That there's going to be a deception in the last days after the rapture, you know. the The thing is, uh, I was listening to Stan Dale and he's, you know, he's interviewed on um, Hagman's show, and you know, he's, you know, I was asking him, so what do you, see, what's on your radar? And he goes, well, what I'm really seeing is, you know, the the deception and the lawlessness. We're seeing the lawlessness is ramping up. It's like the days of Noah and the days of Lot right now, where there's just chaos and lawlessness on the streets, and um, but. Before that, we know that um, before the Antichrist actually can come on the scene, I believe the church has to be taken out. You know, right. So we're not looking for the Antichrist. We're looking for Jesus Christ. Yes. We have to keep our eyes focused on Jesus Christ. There's other people that say, oh, no, we're going to go into the tribulation. We're going to this. We're going to that. I don't, I don't believe that the Word of God says that. I believe that we are not appointed to wrath. That's what the Bible says. And our eyes should be fixated on Jesus Christ returning. And here's a, you know, the last scripture I want to read in closing. And I read this all the time, but I think it's just so appropriate to the times which are living right now. And this is in 2 Thessalonians um, chapter 2. And it says this. It says, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our lord jesus christ and our gathering together to him we ask you not to be soon shaken in minor trouble either by spirit or by word of letter, letter as if through us that through the day of, that though the day of christ had come so that what happened was there was a letter circulating that says we missed the the rapture of the church we're already in the day of the lord we're in the tribulation period because they were suffering some persecution during this time and so somebody wrote this letter says we missed it already and so Paul was trying to clear this fallacy up or this lie. It says, let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. Now, this word right here in the in the original, I think three different translations, three or four original translation, that word falling away was translated as the catching away. And if they would have left it that way in the original text, it would be definitive. This is pre-tribulation, rapture of the church before. But even this, as we'll go on, it'll still uh, come out. It says, for that day will not come unless there's a falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God and that is worship so that he sits as God in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you that I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining. So there's something restraining this from happening, right? Right here, it's saying there's something restraining this that he may be revealed in his own time for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. So there's something restraining this antichrist or the full manifestation of lawlessness right now. Jesus says, you are the salt, you are the light. You are, you know, you are to do my word, you're gonna occupy until I come, right? And so we're like the the pillars within a collapsing mind. And and the the the, the mind shaft cannot fully collapse as long as we're holding this this thing from where we have the Holy Spirit within us, we are the body of the Christ, body of Christ in this collapsing world right now. Verse eight, it says, and then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. We know that where that is, uh, Revelation 19, when the Lord comes back, he just He just deals with the Antichrist and the false prophet with the, with, you know, just boom, they're dead. It says, coming the lawless one was, is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs and lying wonders and all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. For this reason, God will send them strong delusion, that they should believe the lie, that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. To me, sums it up right there. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the first first um, um, piece of equipment in spiritual warfare is what? The
1: breastplate of righteousness. No. <laughs> hey, hey, no. <laughs>
0: No. No, wait, wait, wait. the first piece of the spiritual armor what is it wait, shall you i just open said open the open word open. a minute ago the belt <laughs> the belt of truth, truth. M- make sure yeah. you're girded with truth yeah. so you're yeah. right you're hearing truth right now so you won't wow. be caught off guard by this deception right you're hearing the truth okay. of the word it's the people who are going to get caught off guard because of this it says because they did not love the truth They did not receive the truth. But you come in here, you feed on the word, you feed on the truth of God. It gives you a defense against this deception and this great deception that's already, the program's already being written right now. But when it's go time, then all of a sudden you hear that trumpet blast and millions of people are off the planet. I already heard the cover story from the New Agers. This is what they said. These people were not willing. We already went through a a physical evolution. But right now, we're going through a spiritual evolution, and these people were not ready. They were too bigoted. They were too set in their Christian dogmas. They were intolerant. They were intolerant that they weren't ready to make this jump into this glorious new age that we're moving into. Believe me, I've heard it many times. This is in their writings, of, and why. That's why the Christians are gone. Now, it's going to get really good now. And that's the lie that they're going to believe. You see it? And is that part of the age of
3: they're calling?
0: Um, I, I haven't looked at that. Um oh, huh. Yeah, I don't know if that's what, what but I know that I've heard many, many new agers and, and that's the story that they give. They channel it or they, they just know in their hearts that this is you know, they, those these people are intolerant and they're not loving like we are, and they're they're you know they're they're holding on to their dogmas. That's a bygone era. This is the new this is the spiritual jump, the spiritual evolution, and this guy's gonna facilitate it. This this antichrist care. he's gonna be riding that wave like a surfer, Pat. Right? Do you see how that could happen? So we're forewarned. Jesus said. Do you
1: think it has to happen soon? Because look what happened in California that just signed that law about pedophilia, where somebody can can have relationships with somebody ten years younger than them,
0: from
1: fourteen to like a fourteen and a twenty. Well, I
0: saw. I also saw.
1: No, it is
3: true.
0: Yeah,
1: Yeah. it passed. It is. It is a pass on California. Yes, it is.
3: Sure I think it is past. Yeah, just think Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, people came out and about I and he said you can't have church in the house
2: because the scene disturbs people.
0: The Okay, we're gonna we're gonna close right now and we'll talk about this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's, that's, that's pretty much it. What I wanted to go over with Zechariah five and, um, this, this aspect of, you know, revelation 17 and 18 that kind of wanted to, when I got there, I was like, I, I didn't think it could fit within the uh, okay. timeline of that study. It was good because a lot of people feel that Babylon, like you mentioned that the US is Babylon. So I'm glad you, you did that
1: because that was,
0: yeah. there's other, there's. Well, we'll, we'll yeah, close we gotta right now. Close. We're
1: going to close.